Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 108. Today's episode is entitled, The Struggle for Allegiance. And in our Old Testament and New Testament passages, we see people struggling to figure out where their allegiance lies, where their loyalty lies whether it's with the king that God has chosen or with some other king we want to choose or some other way we want to go. And as we read through these, I hope you'll see uh, where God ultimately shows us true allegiance can be found and what life comes through the choices we make. So 1 Kings chapter 2. When David was close to death, he told Solomon his son, I'm about to die. Be strong and become a man. Do the job the Lord your God has assigned you by following his instructions and obeying his rules, commandments, regulations, and laws, as written in the law of Moses. Then you will succeed in all you do and seek to accomplish, and the Lord will fulfill his promise to me, if your descendants watch their step and live faithfully in my presence with all their heart and being, then, he promised, you will not fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. You know what Job, son of Zariah, did to me how he murdered two commanders of the Israelite armies, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. During peacetime, he struck them down as if in a battle. When he shed their blood, he stained the belt on his waist and the sandals on his feet. Do to him what you think is appropriate, but don't let him live long and die a peaceful death. Treat fairly the sons of Barzillai, of Gilead, and provide for their needs, because they helped me when I had to flee from your brother Absalom. Note well, you still have to contend with Shimei, son of Gerar, the Benjaminite from Bahurim, who tried to call down upon me a horrible judgment when I went to Mahanaim. He came down and met me at the Jordan, and I solemnly promised him by the Lord, I will not strike you down with the sword. But now don't treat him as if he were innocent. You are a wise man, and you know how to handle him. Make sure he has a bloody death. Then David passed away and was buried in the city of David. David reigned over Israel 40 years. He reigned in Hebron seven years and in Jerusalem 33 years. Solomon sat on his father David's throne and his royal authority was firmly solidified. Haggath's son Adonijah visited Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. She asked, Do you come in peace? He answered, Yes. He added, I have something to say to you. She replied, Speak. He said, You know that the kingdom was mine and all Israel considered me king. But then the kingdom was given to my brother for the Lord decided it should be his. Now, I'd like to ask for just one thing. Please don't refuse me. She said, go ahead and ask. He said, please ask King Solomon if he would give me Abishag the Shunammite as a wife, for she, he won't refuse you. Bathsheba replied, that's fine. I'll speak to the king on your behalf. So Bathsheba visited King Solomon to speak to him on Adonijah's behalf. The king got up to greet her, bowed to her, and then sat on his throne. He ordered a throne to be brought for the king's mother, and she sat at his right hand. She said, I would like to ask you for just one small favor. Please don't refuse me. He said, Go ahead and ask my mother, for I would not refuse you. She said, Allow Abishag the Shunammite to be given to your brother Adonijah as a wife. King Solomon answered his mother, Why just request Abishag the Shunammite for him? Since he is my older brother, you should also request the kingdom for him for Abiathar the priest and for Job son of Zariah. 
King Solomon then swore an oath by the Lord, May God judge me severely if Adonijah does not pay for this request with his life. Now, as certainly as the Lord lives, he who made me secure allowed me to sit on my father David's throne and establish the dynasty for me as he promised, Adonijah will be executed today. King Solomon then sent Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and he killed Adonijah. The king then told Abiathar the priest, Go back to your property in Adonathoth. You deserve to die, but today I will not kill you because you did carry the ark of the sovereign Lord before my father David, and you suffered with my father through all his difficult times. Solomon removed Abiathar from being a priest for the Lord, fulfilling the Lord's message that he had pronounced against the family of Eli in Shiloh. When the news reached Joab, for Joab had supported Adonijah, although he had not supported Absalom, he ran to the tent of the Lord and grabbed hold of the horns of the altar. When King Solomon heard that Joab had run to the tent of the Lord and was right there beside the altar, he ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, go strike him down. When Benaiah arrived at the tent of the Lord, he said to him, The king says, Come out. But he replied, No, I will die here. So Benaiah sent word to the king and reported Job's reply. The king told him, Do as he said, strike him down and bury him. Take away from me and from my father's family the guilt of Job's murderous bloody deeds. May the Lord punish him for the blood he shed. Behind my father David's back, he struck down and murdered with the sword two men who were more innocent and morally upright than he, Abner son of Ner, commander of the Israel's army, and Amasa son of Jether, commander of Judah's army. May Job and his descendants be perpetually guilty of their shed blood, but may the Lord give perpetual peace to David, his descendants, his family, and his dynasty. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, went up and executed Job, who was buried at his home in the wilderness. The king appointed Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to take his place at the head of the army, and the king appointed Zadok, the priest, to take Abiathar's place. Next, the king summoned Shimei and told him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, but you may not leave there to go anywhere. If you ever do leave and cross the Kidron Valley, know for sure that you will certainly die. You will be responsible for your own death. Shimei said to the king, My master, the king's proposal is acceptable. Your servant will do as you say. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem for a long time. Three years later, two of Shimei's servants ran away to King Achish, son of Makkah of Gath. Shimei was told, Look, your servants are in Gath. So Shimei got up, saddled his donkey, and went to Achish at Gath to find his servants. Shimei went and brought, them, brought back his servants from Gath. When Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and then had returned, the king summoned Shimei and said to him, You will recall that I made you take an oath by the Lord, and solemnly I warned you, if you ever leave and go anywhere, know for sure that you will certainly die. You said to me, The proposal is acceptable. I agree to it. Then why have you broken the oath you made before the Lord and disobeyed the order I gave you? And the king said to Shimei, You are well aware of the way you mistreated my father David. The Lord will punish you for what you did, but King Solomon will be empowered and David's dynasty will endure permanently before the Lord. The king then gave the order to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, who went and executed Shimei. So Solomon took firm control of the kingdom. And now in the parallel account in Chronicles, we'll see some more of what David prepares for Solomon and says to Solomon in his final hours and days. First Chronicles chapter 28. David assembled in Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, including the commanders of the tribes, the commanders of the armies, divisions that served the king, the commanders of the units of a thousand and a hundred, the officials who were in charge of all the property and livestock of the king and his sons, the eunuchs and the warriors, including the most skilled of them. King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. 
I wanted to build a, a temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant could be placed as a footstool for our God. I have made the preparations for building it. But God said to me, You must not build a temple to honor me, for you are a warrior and have spilled blood. The Lord God of Israel chose me out of my father's entire family to become king over Israel and have a permanent dynasty. Indeed, he chose Judah as leader and my father's family within Judah. And then he picked me out of, from among my father's sons and made me king over all Israel. From all the many sons the Lord has given me, he chose Solomon, my son, to rule on his behalf over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my temple and my courts, for I have chosen him to become my son, and I will become his father. I will establish his kingdom permanently, if he remains committed to obeying my commands and regulations, as you are doing to this day. So now, in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, and in the hearing of our God, I say this, carefully observe all the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may possess this good land and may leave it as a permanent inheritance for your children after you. And you, Solomon, my son, obey the God of your father and serve him with a submissive attitude and a willing spirit, for the Lord examines all minds and understands every motive of one's thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you abandon him, he will reject you permanently. Realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build a temple in, as his sanctuary. Be strong and do it. David gave to his son Solomon the blueprints for the temple porch, its buildings, its treasuries, its upper areas, its inner rooms, and the room for atonement. He gave them the blueprints of all that he envisioned for the courts of the Lord's temple, all the surrounding rooms, the storehouses of God's temple, and the storehouses for the holy items. He gave him the regulations for the divisions of the priests and Levites, for all the assigned responsibilities within the Lord's temple, and for all the items used in the service of the Lord's temple. He gave him the prescribed weight for all the gold items to be used in various types of service in the Lord's temple, for all the silver items to be used in various types of service, for the gold lampstands and their gold lamps, including the weight of each lampstand and its lamps, for the silver lampstands, including the weight of each lampstand and its lamps, according to the prescribed use of each lampstand, for the gold used in the display tables, including the amount to be used in each table, for the silver to be used in the silver tables, for the pure gold to be used for the meat forks, bowls, and jars, for the small bowls, including the weight for each bowl, for the small silver bowls, including the weight for each bowl, and for the refined gold of the incense altar. He gave him the blueprint for the seat of, gold, of the gold cherubim that spread their wings and provide shelter for the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. David said, All this I put in writing as the Lord directed me and gave me insight regarding the details of the blueprints. David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and brave, do it. Don't be afraid and don't panic, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not leave you or abandon you before all the work for the service of the Lord's temple is finished. Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites who will perform all the God service of God's temple. All the willing and skilled men are ready to assist you in all the work and perform your, their service. The officials and all the people are ready to follow your instructions. King David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is just an inexperienced young man, and the task is great, for the palace is not for man, for the, but for the Lord God. So I have made every effort to provide what is needed for the temple of my God, including the gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, as well as large amounts of onyx settings of antimony and other stones, all kinds of precious stones and alabaster. Now, to show my commitment to the temple of my God, I donate my personal treasure of gold and silver to the temple of my God, in addition to all that I have already supplied for, this, for his holy temple. This includes 3,000 talents of gold from Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the buildings, for gold and silver items and for all the work of the craftsmen, 
Who else wants to contribute to the Lord today? The leaders of the families, the leaders of the Israelite tribes, the commanders of the units of a thousand and of a hundred and of the supervisors of the king's work contributed willingly. They donated for the service of God's temple 5,000 talents of, uh, and 10,000 darks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. All who possessed precious stones donated them to the treasury of the Lord's temple, which was under the supervision of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people were delighted with their donations, for they contributed to the Lord with a willing attitude. King David was also very happy. David praised the Lord before the entire assembly, saying, O Lord God of Israel, O Lord God of our father Israel, you deserve praise forever. O Lord, you are great, mighty, majestic, magnificent, glorious, and sovereign over all the sky and earth. You, Lord, have dominion and exalt yourself as the ruler of all. You are the source of all wealth and honor. You rule over all. You possess strength and might and magnify and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your majestic name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be in a position to contribute this much? Indeed, everything comes from you, and we have simply given back to you what is yours. For we are resident foreigners and temporary settlers in your presence, as are all our ancestors were. Our days are like a shadow on the earth without security. O Lord our God, all this wealth which we have collected and to build a temple for you to honor your holy name comes from you. It belongs to you. I know, my God, that you will examine thoughts and are pleased with integrity. With pure motives I contribute all this. And now I look with joy as your people who have gathered here to contribute to you. O Lord God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, always maintain these motives of your people and keep them devoted to you. Make my son Solomon willing to obey your commands, rules, and regulations, and to complete building the palace for which I have made preparations. David told the entire assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So the entire assembly praised the Lord God of their ancestors. They bowed down and stretched out flat on the ground before the Lord the King. The next day they made sacrifices and offered burnt sacrifices to the Lord, 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, 1,000 lambs, along with their accompanying drink offerings and many other sacrifices for all Israel. They held a feast before the Lord that day and celebrated. Then they designated Solomon, David's son, as king a second time. Before the Lord they anointed him as ruler and Zadok as priest. Solomon sat on the Lord's throne as king in place of his father David. He was successful and all Israel was loyal to him. All the officers and warriors, as well as all of the King David's sons, pledged their allegiance to King Solomon. The Lord greatly magnified Solomon before all Israel and bestowed on him greater majesty than any king of Israel before him. David, son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. He reigned over Israel 40 years. He reigned in Hebron seven years and in Jerusalem 33 years. He died at a good old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. His son Solomon succeeded him. King David's accomplishments from start to finish are recorded in the annals of Samuel the prophet, the annals of Nathan the prophet, and the annals of Gad the prophet. Recorded there are all the facts about his reign and accomplishments, and an account of all the events that involved him, Israel, and all the neighboring kingdoms. And so we see the struggle for allegiance, some aligning themselves with David and Solomon, others going against him. But in all these things, we see the regular behaviors of our lives where we struggle with who we're going to be allegiant to, who we're going to be loyal to. And this actually is a similar kind of understanding of what we see in Romans chapter 7, where the Apostle Paul says, even though we've been made new by Christ, there is this ongoing struggle 
between the old self and the new self in our lives and a struggle that leads us to really think about who we're truly loyal to on a day-to-day basis. And David then concludes this section in Romans chapter 7 by asking who will rescue us from this. And let's read this to find out the answer. Romans chapter 7. Or do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is Lord over a person as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of the marriage. So then, if she is joined to another man while she while her husband is alive, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, and she is and if she is joined to another man, she is not an adulteress. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you could be joined to another, to the one who raised you from the dead to bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful desires aroused by the law were active in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law because we have died to what controlled us so that we may serve in the new life of the Spirit and not under the old written code. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Absolutely not. Certainly, I would not have known sin except through the law. For indeed, I would not have known what it means to desire something belonging to someone else if the law had not said, do not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of wrong desires, for apart from the law, sin is dead. And I was once alive apart from the law, but with the coming of the commandment, sin became alive, and I died. So I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it I died. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. That that which is good then becomes death to me? Absolutely not. But sin, so that it would be shown to be sin, produced death in me through what is good, so that through the commandment sin would become utterly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold into slavery to sin. For I don't understand what I am doing. For I do not do what I want. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I do what I don't want, I agree that the law is good. But now it is no longer me doing it, but sin that lives in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For I want to do the good, but I cannot do it. For I do not, for I do, not do the good I want, but I do the very evil I do not want. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer me doing it, but sin that lives in me. So I find the, the law that when I am to do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see a different law in my members waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin." And next time we'll see uh, where this leads the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, one of the most famous chapters of the Bible, with all kinds of incredible truths and realities about the new life that is found in Christ and freedom from sin that is found only in Him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. 
You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there. You were always there. Whispering the truth.